kicking uh, Kids Church back off again. Hey, I came across this story uh, that I, I just wanted to share too this morning. Uh, a boy came late to Sunday school. Knowing he was usually very prompt, his teacher asked, Johnny, is there anything wrong? And by the way, I've got a Johnny, so I'm not talking about you, Johnny. It just happens to be the name of the little boy. Okay. So the teacher said, Johnny, is there anything wrong? No, ma'am, not really, he said. I was going to go fishing, but my daddy told me that I needed to go on up and go to church. What a good father. The teacher was very impressed and asked Johnny if his father had explained to him why it was more important to go to church than to go fishing. He said, yes, ma'am, he did. My daddy said he didn't have enough bait for both of us. (laughs) Uh, Well, I thought it was funny anyway. So did Rod. So Theo's getting a chuckle out of it now too. If you've got a Bible there, turn to Mark chapter 11 for me, please. Mark chapter 11. We've been looking at the story of the triumphal entry. Uh, when Jesus came into (coughs) Jerusalem. But we've been looking at it from a slightly different angle. Instead of looking at uh, Jesus on a donkey with everybody celebrating him as he goes into Jerusalem with only a few days left before he knows he'll be taken away and he'll fulfill the purpose for which he came, we've been looking at these two unknown, unnamed, unfaced disciples that did something really, really radical. Jesus told them to go and steal another man's donkey and they did it. And without going over all the stuff we've covered, um, we've been looking at the characteristics of radical responders. And I'm calling these two unknown, unnamed, unfaced guys radical responders. Now, what we know about them is very limited. One of the things that really stands out to me is they're not necessarily one of the 12. Anytime one of the 12 are mentioned in the Gospels, they're either mentioned by name or they're referred to as such and such one of the 12. So these guys were not the, the, the 12. They weren't the, 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 the leaders. They weren't the bigwigs, so to speak. These were just average, everyday people uh, that were following Jesus. And Jesus makes a radical request of them and they take up the challenge and they went and they got the uh, donkey. So we've been talking about what are some of the characteristics of radical responders. The first couple of weeks we've, ca- we've covered that uh, radical responders are followers, not just believers. And I don't want to go over it again. You can catch it on, on the YouTube thing or iTunes, whatever. But we talked about how they're, they're followers, not just believers. You can believe a bunch of stuff, but if you're not following it, that's totally different. The devil believes in God, but he's not following God. You know, and you can believe a lot of stuff about God, but you've got to be heading in that direction. So radical responders are, are, are followers, not just believers. The second thing we looked at is that radical responders are moved forward by faith, not held back by feelings. How many of you ever heard God say something to you or you've read it in, in, the, in these ancient documents? You know what you should do about a situation. But as but, but soon as we think about how we feel about doing what Jesus says, how often have our feelings held us back from doing what Jesus said? We know what we should do, but we, when we allow our feelings, when we allow ourselves to stop and think about it, and there's nothing wrong with thinking about it, and there's nothing wrong with having feelings about it. But when those feelings stop us moving forward in faith, that becomes a problem. Before you know it, we're 50 years of age, and I'm saying that because I'm turning that in a couple of years, and so I'm thinking about that. Uh, when I'm 50, I don't want to look back and go, you know what, I'm not the man I should be in God because of the way I felt about some of the things that I knew I had to do. I'd rather look back and go, you know what, felt terrible at the time, but I'm so glad I did it because look where I'm standing right now as a result of faith. Faith will take me to the place God wants me to be. Faith will help me become the person God wants me to become. My feelings won't necessarily do that. They will hold me back. So that was the second characteristic of radical responders. The third characteristic I just want to touch on today is this. And, and, and don't pick up stones and throw them at me. I want you to wait till we get to the end, all right? 
Here's the third characteristic of radical responders. They're inspired by God's word, but not limited by God's word. They're inspired by God's word, but they're not limited by God's word. In, in Matthew 11, we've got this story of these two disciples. They go out and they get the donkey and Jesus gives them a set of instructions. They follow the instructions to the T. Go into that village, there'll be a donkey. There was, untie it. They did. When you untie it, you're going to get busted. When you get busted, just say, Jesus wants it and they'll let you go. So they got busted. They said, Jesus wants it, they let it go. Then they brought the donkey back to Jesus. Mission accomplished. That's all Jesus said to do. Finished. But in verse 7, they go one step further and they do something that Jesus didn't ask them to do. It says, then they brought the colt to Jesus and they threw their clothes on it. And he sat on it. Jesus didn't say you had to make me a makeshift saddle. But they just went that one step extra and they did something that technically Jesus didn't actually ask them to do. But they went ahead and they did it anyway. They weren't limited by just what Jesus said. They realized that sometimes there are a lot of things you can do that God doesn't specifically say to you to do, but they're still acceptable and okay. See, they knew a couple of things about Jesus. A, they knew he was heading into Jerusalem. B, they knew culturally uh, that if somebody, a dignitary or somebody of position came through town, it was cultural to lay your coats and stuff on the ground as a little bit like in the olden days. Any, any chivalrous men here? Uh, when was the last time, Rod, that you were walking, that, that Lainey was walking across a puddle and you put your jacket in the puddle and she walked over that? When was the last time that happened? Why didn't you walk around the puddle? Seriously. God, praise God for chivalrous men. But there was a custom of throwing down your garments as a dignitary would come through town or so on. So it was, it was a cultural thing. Now they knew who Jesus was. He wasn't just another man. He was someone special. So they laid this thing down. So they had a knowledge base of a few things. They understood the character of Jesus, who he was. They understood where he was going. They understood the mission. They understood his purpose. And based on all of this stuff, they made some decisions to do some things that they weren't specifically told to do. It's okay to do things sometimes even when you don't have a word. Put your stones down. Put your stones down. Many things happen... And people do a lot of things without specific words from God. You see, radical responders are inspired by the word of God to go and do what God says, but they're not limited. They don't sit around twiddling their thumbs doing nothing because they don't have a word. Just because God hasn't broken through and spoken to them and told them, you must do this, they still take initiative and they can still do things based on what they know of God, who God is, God's purposes, God's plans, God's hearts, God's desire, God's character and there are a lot of people that i meet that won't do anything unless god tells them to do it i, I bumped into a bunch of friends of mine lovely people i completely love them um they're wonderful people uh, of god they played a big role in my early discipleship when i got saved and i remember a few years ago when there was a big conference in the states to celebrate 100 years of azusa street the pentecostal outpouring anyone follow any of that it was wonderful i had friends that went over there and they were live streaming on their phone just korean singing in in the korean language worshiping god and then another nationality worshiping god and it was just amazing and then they had all these great speakers from right across christianity right across the national boundaries it was a fantastic conference i would have loved to have been there and so i'm walking downtown one day and they come the other way and i hadn't seen them for years 
So we got into a conversation and I asked them, so, you know, what have you been up to? And they said, we just got back from Azusa now. Oh, it was amazing. And as they're sharing the stories, I'm just getting excited in my spirit, thinking, oh, this is amazing. I so wish I could have been there. And then after telling me 10 minutes how amazing it was, I then said to them, so, so what are you going to do now? I mean, you've just come back. You've, you've heard God. You've been excited, charged in your spirit. What are you going to do now? And they said, oh, we can't wait. We're going to just go back into our, our closet and get together in a room. We're going to pray. And I thought, oh. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not anti-prayer. I believe in prayer. I believe in prayer with all of my heart. But based on what they had experienced, what they had heard, what God had done, what had been revealed to them, surely there was something you could do an action you could take that would have an impact on your community or the world around you to just go, I can't wait to go back, lock myself in a closet and just simply to pray again. Please hear my heart. Don't anyone say, Alan's bagging prayer. I'm not bagging prayer. Everything should be bagging prayer. I believe in prayer, but I believe the end result of prayer is that we get up and we do something. End result of prayer is that we get up and we do something. These people are classic representations of people who are not just inspired by the word of God, they're limited by it. We're going to sit down and wait till God tells us we should get up and we should care for the poor. I'm not going to forgive people till God tells me, even though it's very clearly in this book I should forgive, but we're not going to forgive until God gives me a rhema word that I should forgive someone. I'm trying to get the Band-Aid off. I stabbed myself with a tree stump yesterday right through the tip of my finger. Band-Aid's seen better days. It's all gone. So these, some people say you don't get reality in church. It doesn't get more real than a, a Band-Aid coming off a finger alive. It stuck back to me again. Radical responders are inspired by God's word, but we're not limited by God's word. Just because God's not speaking something to me doesn't mean that his expectation is you sit there and you do absolutely nothing till I give you another order. They're inspired by God's word, but they're not limited by God's word. How many of you got out of bed this morning and, be, and, and had breakfast? Hands up, you had breakfast this morning. How many of you prayed, you sat down, you spent about half an hour with the Lord and you prayed, you said, Lord, I've got rice bubbles there, I've got eggs, I've got toast. God, but only Father, you know thy will. God, which one of those things should I consume today that's going to give me what I need to get me to that place I need to be? Father, would you speak? And I'm not going to move. I'm not going to eat nothing, God, till you tell me. Is it rice bubbles, cocoa pops or toast or eggs? You tell me, Lord. We didn't do that. You just got up and what did you do? You took initiative based on you know, what you knew was healthy, what you knew was right and so on and you just had breakfast. How many of you, when you came here today, and maybe you should have done this with the current COVID crisis, but how many of you on the way here, you, 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 you pray, you, I mean, your car's running out of fuel, but it doesn't matter. I know I'm only going to get to that one, but there's another six servos. God, I'm going to pray, Lord, which service station do I need to stop at to get fuel? And then when you stop there, you pray, Father, which 95 Bowser do I use? Do I use that one or there's three, God, and I'm just going to park my car and I'm not going to move. Father, till you tell me which Bowser I need to go to. Of course you don't. You just know that you need fuel. You know it's okay. It's right. There's nothing wrong with it. And so you take initiative and you go and you get fuel. How many of you prayed about what you should wear today? Very disappointing, I'll tell you. Hey? Very disappointing. Some of you I can tell. Joke. Well, kind of. <laughs> we didn't. We just took initiative and we got up and we did a few things. Isn't it funny that we take initiative when we do the things that have the most probably minimal impact on society and community? We'll do those things by just simply taking initiative without thinking twice about it. But when it comes to making a difference in the world for Jesus, boy, do we have a whole bunch of filters that we put it through before we step out and we do anything. You know, nobody ever started a world-changing ministry. They just simply started doing something that 
God breathed on it, eventually it became something that made a huge impact for God. Nobody started with that huge impact, but they started somewhere. They did something. They had a thought that was in line with what they knew would be okay with God. And so they did it. Nobody's life was changed and radically transformed from here to here by just become, jumping from here to here. It was a series of little steps, little decisions, little choices, little actions along the way to just do what they knew was right, what was proper, what was good, what was acceptable. Now I'm going to make an assumption. You all love God. Hands up if you love Jesus in this place this morning. We all love Jesus. So I'm going to make an assumption that everything you've done so far today, you've done with the knowledge that you believe God's okay with it. You've done nothing today that you believe in all your heart that God was anti and against, even though you didn't have a word. But you did it. Because you know the character of your father. And so based on your knowledge of the character of your father, you did things even though your father never told you to do them. Would that be fair to say? Radical responders are inspired by God's word, but they're not limited by God's word. How many of you have got children here? Let me, let me, let me ask you a question. How many of you have got children? And when they were tiny, you had to tell them to do everything. How many of you have got kids that are in their 20s and you've still got to tell them to do everything? <laughs> Pretty much, says my wife over here. Hey, when a child is born... That child is so dependent on you. But it's not just dependence on you. They're dependent upon your instruction. Make your bed. Clean your room. Go back into the toilet and finish. You know what I mean? I'm not talking about Chloe. That's not not true of my daughter. It's perfect. (laughs) Put the dishes in the sink. Close the cupboard door. We could go on and on and on. And when they're tiny, you give them every bit of instruction and so on. But what happens is they get a bit older. All of a sudden, the goal and the hope of of, of parents is this. One day, I'm not going to have to ask you to make your bed. You're going to just make your bed. You know why? Because you know it pleases your father. I don't have to tell you. I don't have to hang around you and tell you that you need to, to make your bed, that you need to have a shower at the end of the day. I don't need to gather around you and tell you you have to put your plates in the sink. I don't have to tell you that you need to clean up. The, the, the maturity process is that hopefully you get to a point where I don't need to give you verbal instructions all the time because eventually you just start doing the right thing because you know it's right and you know it pleases your parents. And what happens when they get to that point? It's a sign of maturity. It means that your children are maturing. We see, I believe in the faith, it's very similar. Some people get disappointed because I'm just not hearing God. When I first got saved, I I actually used to do this. I'm, I'm not recommending it, but I'm a big believer that God looks at your heart. He knows where you're at and he looks at your heart. And there'll be many things that people will say when they first come to faith, I'm doing this. And seasoned believers want to go, you don't do it that way. But God's looking at their heart going, they can do it exactly that way because their heart is good. It doesn't matter. It's about the heart. God's looking at the heart. So I used to, I had this book and I used to open this book. And here's what I would do. It was a book by John White. Anyone heard of John White? Yep, yep. It was a book by John White and someone gave it to me. I don't remember why they even gave it to me, how I got it. And he's a very deep writer, so I don't know why they would have given it to me. Woof. But what I used to do is I'd sit down, I'd come home. And I'd sit down with that John White book, and and I had a Bible there. I didn't do this with the Bible. I did it with the John White book. I'd sit it down next to me. I'd go, okay, God, I'm going to pick that up, open up the page, just open it up to any random page, put my finger down, and God, I want you to show me something. And you know what? He did it. Now, I'm not recommending it, 
but he did it. It didn't matter what I did, where I went or how it went. God just kept on speaking, speaking, speaking. Everywhere I looked, everything I did. I did that would have a question. Several times I did this with the John White book. I'd say, God, can you explain to me why blah is wrong? And I'm going to open up this book and clo- literally I'd just open it up, turn away and go like that with my finger. And you know what? I'd put my finger right on the answer. He would answer the question in that book exactly that I was asking. Now, is that right? Do you do that? Do you not do that? Look, irrelevant. Here's the reality. God saw my heart and he met me where I was at. But he used to speak to me all the time. But then it kind of gets to this point where all of a sudden I don't feel like I'm hearing God as often as I once did. And we can go one of two ways with that. Some people get down and depressed. Some people feel like, well, it must be sin. I mean, if God's not speaking to me every minute audibly, uh, like, like once upon a time or like the books say he is or this preacher says that he should, then I feel like there's something wrong with me. Well, you know, one day it dawned on me, hang on a second, Alan. There's not something wrong with you. There's not a sin there. This is me saying to you, I think you're maturing. And I don't have to tell you everything to do in every situation because you know your father. You know what brings joy to my heart? You know what I like? You know what I don't like? I'm not going to treat you like a baby anymore and give you every little answer about every little question. It's not that I don't care. It's that I want to say to you, I trust you. I can see the maturity in your life. I can see that you're growing. You know, you might not realize this, but some of your favorite stories in the Bible happened by people who didn't hear anything from God but did something anyway. David and Goliath, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 36, says, Your servant, this is David speaking to Saul, says, Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Now you go back and you read that story. God never said to David, Go and take on Goliath. Isn't it amazing? One of our famous Bible stories, it's a story of a man who just took initiative and did something for God based on what he knew of God. What did he know? He knew this. These, this the Jewish nation, this army is the army of God. Our God is the living God. That dude over there is an uncircumcised Philistine. He has no covenant relationship with God. We have a covenant relationship with God, yet we're carrying in fear. Here's what I know of God. I know this, that, that, that I'm going to step out and, and take on Goliath, not because God said, but on the basis of the fact that I understand who God is. God doesn't want our nation to go down at the hands of this dude here, so I'm just going to step up and do something because it seems right, feels right, whatever. But he didn't have a word from God. Yet one of our most famous Bible stories is about a guy stepping out, taking initiative without a word from God. He was inspired by who God was, inspired by the character and nature of God, but he wasn't limited by God's word. He didn't sit back and go, hang on, let me pray about it, I'll just wait and see. Meanwhile, Goliath's lobbing their heads off the Israelite army. He didn't do that. He stepped out and we got this amazing story based on a man who didn't actually hear from God to go and fight. God never told him to do it. What about the story of Esther? You ever read the book of Esther? Beautiful, amazing story. One of the things that you'll notice when you read that book, God's name's not even mentioned in the entire book. God's name's not even mentioned in the book of Esther. Yet here's this, this, this situation where the Jewish people are, are being threatened to being wiped out. And there's this, this beautiful woman, this, 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 this lady Esther, who's in this position where she's close enough to the king to get a message to him. But she knows this, that that if I go into his presence, the king, he has every right to kill me. If you're not called in by the king, but you just walk into the king, the king can kill you. 
And her uncle comes to her. Her uncle, there's no indication that Mordecai had a word from God to go to Esther and say, you know what, maybe God's put you there for such a time as this. Everyone know that famous line? Maybe God's got you there for such a time as this. There's no indication God spoke to Mordecai. There's no indication that when she heard uh, Mordecai speak, that she heard that as the voice of God. She was so unsure, in fact, she said, right here, I'll do it, because based on who God is and, and who we are, I'll do it. But you go away, tell everybody to pray, because when I walk in there, I don't know what's going to happen. And we get this wonderful story of salvation because of a person who did something who didn't actually have a word from God to do it. Sometimes I think we feel like these people that make a difference for God are just, it's like flicking on a TV set or putting on a set of headphones and they're just audibly walking through their day listening to voices all day. There are people that listen to voices all day, but... mm. There's a lot of stories I could go on and on and on with people in the Bible that did great things for God but never had a word from God. One of my favourite stories is in Acts chapter 16. Go, go with me to Acts chapter 16. Have we got it on the screen there? I don't know. Acts chapter 16. Paul and his merry men, band of missionaries. It says, starting in verse 6, Now, when they had gone through Phrygia in the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Next one, Luke. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. And it goes on. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas, and a vision appears to Paul. So here they are, they're heading in a certain direction, going out to preach the gospel, and it says that God actually forbid them. In other words, they were doing something, and God said no. Wrong direction, wrong way, wrong space, wrong choice, whatever. God stood in their way and said no. So what did they do? They changed direction and they headed off in another direction. And what happened a second time? God stood in their way and said no, wrong direction, wrong choice, whatever. And then eventually, Paul gets this vision of a man from Macedonia. I want to ask you a question. Do you think that they had a four-month prayer meeting before they went out and started walking towards Asia? Do you think they waited till they were 100% certain and knew beyond a shadow of a doubt we're heading in the right direction? And I can just imagine God in heaven saying to the angels, watch this, watch this. And they start marching. He goes, ah, <laughs> gotcha, ah, suckers. I was just messing with you. Don't you? you can't go that way. Okay. Which way should we go, Lord? Head over. Okay. Watch this. Ah, gotcha again. You guys are classics. You guys are classics. No, you can't go there either. You know what? I just think they took initiative based on what they knew of God, what they knew of themselves, what they knew of the purposes and plans of God. Jesus had said, go into all the world. Hey, Asia's in all the world. These places are, Phrygia is in all the world. These places are in all the world. Let's just start doing something based on what we already know to do. And then let's see what happens from that place. If they were sitting down waiting for divine direction, divine instruction to do absolutely everything, those kinds of people do absolutely nothing. They do nothing. Radical responders are not, they're not limited by the word of God. We're not sitting around because God's not telling us to do something so we don't do what we know we should do. I'm just waiting for the divine timing, God. You've got to, and I'm not dismissing divine timing. I'm not dismissing the, 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 the voice of God that comes to us with specific instructions and purposes. And so I'm not dismissing that. What I'm saying now is this. Go with me to, to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 16, I think it is. Proverbs chapter 16. You got it up there for me, Luke? Did I give you that one? 
Proverbs 16. Verse 9 says this. It says, A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs what? What does the Lord direct? His steps. A man's heart plans his way. You can plan, you can make decisions and so on. I read Acts 16 and I think there's a bunch of guys who planned some ways, decided what they were going to do, stepped out in faith, trusted God, thought we're going to do something to, to get the message of Jesus out there. We're going to do something with our faith. It's not just going to be something we believe. We're going to do something. We want to make a difference for the Lord. So they just decided to step out. And it says here in Proverbs that, that, that you make your plans, but God guides your steps. God gets involved in the process when you start doing something. That's when God gets involved. You start doing something. You take that first step. And there's an old saying, it's easier to steer a moving ship. Anyone ever heard that? Yep. What did these guys do in Acts chapter 16? I reckon they just stepped out. What did they step out on? They stepped out on the basis of who they knew God to be, who they knew themselves to be, and what they knew the plans and purposes of God were. And that was enough. They stepped out and they headed in a direction. And as they stepped out and started to travel in that direction, God said to them, No. So what do David and Mordecai, Esther, Paul, and a whole bunch of other people have in common? Here's what I think they have in common. They moved forward without a word from God, but they moved forward in total submission to God. They moved forward without a word, a specific word from God, but they went forward in total submission to God. And I think that's what God wants from us. There are great things to be done for God. There are differences to be made in the world for the kingdom of God. There is stuff that Jesus wants to do. We are not in the credits yet. The movie is still being played. The credits will roll. Jesus will bring the credits down with him when he returns. But until that moment, there are still great things to be done. There are great things to be done in my life that God wants to do. There are great things that God wants to do through my life still. But if I'm going to be the kind of person who sits back and waits for a word from God, guess what? Most of those people end up doing nothing. And when they get to 60, you know what they've said one of the, the, when they survey older people? And we've got a few older generation people here. But when you, so you guys would, not you, Rod. But so you guys would know when they've done surveys of older people and they ask them questions about their life. What are some of their regrets? You know one of the top regrets that they say? Wish we had taken more chances. Wish we had taken more. What are they saying? Wish we had stepped out more in faith tried some things when we weren't 100% certain but we just thought maybe had a crack at something when we weren't completely across the line but we thought you know what God if, if, if this is right and you breathe on this man this could be awesome this could be awesome for the kingdom this could be awesome for me awesome for my family just stepping out in faith all these guys they move forward without a word from God but they move forward in total submission to God see I think as believers too many believers are sitting around waiting for God to say yes. What I love about that story in Acts is here's a bunch of guys that said, based on what we know of God, his character, his nature, the church, what we know of the purposes and plans of God for humanity, based on that, we're going to start walking. And we're not waiting for a yes to start walking. We're waiting for a no to stop. What are you waiting for in your life? Are you one of those people that are sitting around doing nothing? waiting for God to say yes? Or are you prepared to step out in faith, understanding that God directs your steps? Once you start moving, then God goes, there's faith. Now you're moving. That's, you, you, intentions don't change the world. Intentions don't change your community. Your thoughts, your plans, they don't change. You're going to have the best plan in the world. It won't change anything until you put a step 
to that plan. You can have the best plan in place to get healthy, the best plan in place to build your marriage, best plan in place to raise your kids. You can have the best plan in place to, to change your workplace, the best plan in place to feed the hungry, the best plan in place to reach the nations with the good news of Jesus. You can have the best plans of any in the world, and that's wonderful and fantastic, but God can't do anything with the plan until you take a step and you start doing something. Many believers are listening for a yes to get started when we should be listening for a no to stop. Let me leave you with this thought. God's purpose gives you permission. What's God's purpose for your life? God's purpose gives you permission to take the steps that will get you to that place. And trust God on the way. If he wants to stop and flip, he can do that as long as your heart is submitted to him. I think coming out of COVID, I'm more and more I think about this. I think God is really, really wanting to see. I shouldn't say the C word, should I? I'm more and more believing that God wants his church to emerge different. I, I, I used to always pray and say to God, God, I read the book of Acts with, with such, uh, oh, I wish I was there, God. I wish I was there. And I've cried out on my knees to God and said, God, would you be to us? the God that you were to them. And I always hear the Holy Spirit say back to me, I can be the God that I was to them for you if you can be to me the people they were to me. And it's time I think that we got back to being radical responders. It's time that we got back to people of faith, people of action, people that put the kingdom of God and God's agenda as a priority in our lives. If you're with me, say amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. I just want to pray for us. We're going to go and grab some wonderful morning tea. Daniel, do you want to jump up here? on the guitar so what we're going to do is we're going to head next door and we're going to grab some some tea and coffee and stuff next door have some fellowship hang out a bit if you want to stay in here I'm, uh, each week now we're starting to get daniel's just going to spend some time on the guitar just play if you want to sit here have a think about maybe the holy spirit's been speaking to you maybe there's some stuff uh, decisions you need to make things you know you need to do maybe you, you you need some prayer maybe you just want to sit and reflect maybe you've taken notes and you want to go over them Maybe you want to worship a little bit. So we're going to create a bit of space here for you to do that because church is not just, our gathering together is not just about a meeting and fulfilling some kind of divine obligation. We want to connect with God. We want to hear from God. And we want to walk out of here each week like soldiers walking out of a board meeting. God, I'm going to go and do some of these things you're speaking to me. I'm sick to death. I don't want to hear 52 messages this year and get a whole bunch of great ideas and great thoughts. I don't even want to get so fired up that I make a plan, but I don't do anything. It's not the plan of God. So, Father God, I want to thank you this morning, Jesus. God, I thank you that you have plans and purposes. Father, you do. You have plans and purposes. God, there are things that you are doing. God, you have written history from its very beginning to its very end. My life is just a, the tip of a pin in that huge history that you have written. But Father, I want my life to make a difference in that history. And God, each person in this room wants their life to make a difference in that history, to play our role in seeing this picture that you are painting come to pass. God, not my picture, your picture. So, Father, I pray for each person in this room right now, God. Father, we've been talking about radical responders. We've been looking at radical responders. But, God, the intention is not to gather and talk about it. God, the intention is not to gather and think about it. 
not to gather and listen to it. God, the intention is to become what you're saying. The intention is to be the people that you want us to be. So I pray for every person in this place right now, God. Father, I pray that you would speak to them. God, I pray that you would nudge them, God, to begin to take the steps they already know to take. God, I pray that, Father, you would begin to bring to the forefront again dreams and visions and thoughts. God, stuff that, that's on people's hearts. But God, they know that, that, that as they're sitting here, Father, what's stopping me doing it is that I'm just not a radical responder. God, would you unlock those things that are holding us back? That, Father, we would be a representation of what you want on this earth. Not just a bunch of people who are nice. Not just a bunch of people who don't swear. Who might not take substances. God, not just a bunch of people who do good things. But, Lord, a bunch of people that will put their faith on the line for the sake of the kingdom of God. So Father, bless every person in this room, I pray. And God, as we leave this place today, I pray in the next seven days, would you give every single person in this room, give every single one of us a chance to tell someone about Jesus, somebody that up to this point does not yet know who Jesus is. I pray for that for each person here, Father. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Bless you guys. We're going to head next door to your coffee. If you want to sit, Daniel's just going to play there. If you want to have some time with the Lord, go for it.